Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. What is up, everybody? ¿Qué está pasando? Raúl Campos. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that good stuff. Hola, Pili. ¿Cómo la pasaste? Muy bien. Very chill. Spend it with friends. And then I worked on the 31st. And actually, so did you. Yeah, we rung in 2020. So Happy New Year, everybody. Hopefully, you had a fantastic one as well. Happy holidays. Not just Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yep. Happy Boxing Day. Uh, yep. All of <laughs> so. it. All of it. Thank you so much for being with us. And... Uh, you know, just listening to good music with us. Oye, hablando de listening to good music, Raúl, I know, obviously, you're an avid music listener. A little bit. But do you also watch videos? I do. I do quite a bit because a lot of the music now that comes to us as promotional or anybody saying, hey, check out my new song, it usually comes tagged with the music video. Right. So I get to see the music video, hear the song. It's a win-win. Well, I'm, I'm the same as you. I mean, I listen to a lot of music and obviously podcast. So I guess that we're both part of the staggering statistic of Hispanic adults who spend 69% of their entertainment time consuming audio and video content. And that is compared to the average U.S. adult who only spends 54% of their entertainment time consuming audio and video. That is a 15% difference. That's a big difference, man. And that's because we're Latinos. And we rock. Absolutely. <laughs> so gracias a nuestros amigos over at Nielsen for that really cool study. And you can find out more on nielsen.com slash Latinos. And now, Pili, it is time for our next episode of Pili, Raul, and La Musica. And we're both very excited because we're huge fans of this artist coming out of Guatemala. She's Grammy-nominated, Latin Grammy winner. What else can we say about this superstar? Ah, oh, she's such a humble human being and so talented her songwriting her voice wow and the best thing about this too is that we got to do this in front of a live audience because this is part of our monthly live events at jack daniels room number seven where we get to sit down and interview some of our favorite artists in front of our friends, our colleagues, our guests. And uber fans of the artists. And not to mention the drinks because it is Jack Daniels. So they are really cool in doing this menu that's wrapped around the artist. So they take some of her songs and basically create a drink menu around the titles. And every time people go to one of our room number seven events... They walk out of there just absolutely loving Jack Daniels and their drinks because they're so good. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's such a magical night. So if you are in the L.A. area, hit us up on Instagram, Pili Raul en la Musica, and you might score some tickets to go see us. Like this artist that we got coming up, it is the one and only Gabby Moreno right here at Pili Raul en la Musica. We've been big fans of hers for many, many, many years, and she was high on the list. We wanted to start doing these at room number seven. She is Grammy-nominated, Latin Grammy winner, and she's coming out of Guatemala. So she is a superstar, and we've been big fans for a long time. Any parks and recreations fans here? Okay. So our next guest, she wrote the theme song for Parks and Recreations. Any Disney fans here? Okay. 
She's Eleanor of, of, of Elena de Avalor. Gracias, Melissa. So she also did the theme song for that show. Um, she's played with Jackson Brown. She's toured with Anita Franco. She's uh, Ricardo, Ricardo Arjona was like, you are a goddess, and I will support your career forever and ever. So why don't we welcome her to the stage? Gran aplausos para Gabby Moreno. Hola, Gabi. Hola. How are you, mama? <laughs> Hola, Gabi Moreno. Hey. ¿Cómo estás? Great. Muy Thanks bien. for joining us. Feliz y contenta. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, Grammy nominated, Latin Grammy winner, and, you know, the mix of soul, jazz, blues, R&B. I mean, uh, and even the, the I love the, the description, Spanglish folk soul. Who came up with that? I did, just... For, you know, because I, I really, they asked me so many times, so what kind of music do you do? And I was like, oh, my God, it's just so, so hard for me to describe. I'm the worst. And so one day it just came to me. I was like, well, I, I, I do love, you know, the, the, the music that comes from blues and jazz, soulful music, soul music. And, you know, old country Americana folk music. Not just not just from here from the States, but folk music from, you know, Latin America as well. So. And I always sing in English and Spanish, so Spanglish, folk, soul. It couldn't have been more perfect. When I first read that, I'm all like, that is spot on. Yeah, cool. you nailed it, for sure. <laughs> so, Gabby, take us back to that first memory of you as a child in Guatemala and recalling when music came into your life. Okay, so I, well, my mother tells me that I was about five years old when she came home and I was listening to one of her cassettes that she had of uh, a zarzuela, zarzuela music, which is basically classical music. And I was imitating one of the, the sing the opera singers. And she, she's not, I don't come from a musical family, so she's not a singer. She just thought, oh, she, you know, she kind of hit that note well. And I don't know about music, but I'm going to take her to someone who knows about music. And she had a friend who was a, a voice teacher. And, uh, and that's sort of where it all began. I actually started singing classical music when I was five, six, seven years old. I was singing like El Aleluya de Mozart and all these, you know, all these opera songs. Did you like it from the get-go? Because, you know, like I as did. a child and yeah. your parents are like, you're going to this class and you're like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And that, you loved it? I did. I did. I was like, wow, this is, is it's, it was all new to me. You know, it was the first time that I was singing at the same time i love disney movies and i love musicals so i was also singing all of that <laughs> so i want to know a little bit about this story the first time you went to new york i think you were 13. Yeah. what happened on that trip to new york um so what happened was my family took me there just on vacation i think it was my sister's uh 15th birthday so it was like her instead of giving her a quinceanera party they're like okay we're gonna take you guys to new york and you know they knew that i was a big fan of of Broadway musicals, so so I went to see that, and I think we went to see, I don't know, Le Miserable or something, and then afterwards, we were just walking on Times Square, and I started I started hearing this this woman that was just singing on the street, and and I was like, what, what is this? And I was just kind of paralyzed, and I, I stayed there, and I listened to her for a good 20 minutes, because I, I was just so taken by, you know, that what, how she was singing like I hadn't heard anything like it so I went up to her afterwards and I was like what's the kind of music that you that you sang and she was like oh that's the blues honey 
I was like, oh man, the blues. <laughs> like, whoa, what is that? And I, I remember I asked my mom to take me to a, a record store and um, thankfully they had the blues aisle. So I just bought a bunch of compilation, you know, blue CDs. And when I got home, uh, I just locked myself in the room and was just singing all of that. You seem like a very shy person. Yes. <laughs> However, when you're on stage, that kind of like fades away. But is there something about your personality that really resonates with blues? Something about my well, I do consider myself very, very passionate, um, and I think that comes through when when I perform, when I sing, and um, just from listening to all of those artists and all of that music, um, it has kind of gotten into me and um, I'm able to really get into the song and really feel what the song is about. And, you know, if it's a sad song, if it's a depressing song or whatever, and that's why I've written a lot of songs that are kind of on the darker side, even though I've had a very happy life, <laughs> like nothing, you know, <laughs> nothing crazy bad has happened. Um, but I just consider myself a, a, a good performer and I, and I can really, you know, feel those kinds of feelings that other people might be going through. You know what I mean? Uh, Billy mentioned the word shyness. How do you overcome that? The shyness? Yeah. Or well, even like, has music helped you overcome that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that I, I noticed the first time that I got on stage was when I was nine years old in, in Guatemala. And I was just so nervous before it. I mean, I was like, it was it was the worst. I almost didn't, didn't sing and then had to do it. And then the minute I got on stage and I grabbed the microphone and started singing, I was like, whoa, like, what is this? This is like... <laughs> this feels good. This is like, I feel comfortable here. Like I can just do whatever, be myself. And, and it's just, it's been that way forever. So I am very shy off stage, but then once I get on stage, you give me a guitar and I start singing a song and I just kind of get, get lost in the music. Yeah. So who here likes their voice? Like when you hear your voice, who, who's like, Ooh, my voice is great. Tania, really? <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> I, I love the confidence. Anybody else likes her voice? Okay, Melissa, too. I'm full of like, my all my yeah. Latina friends are very confident. They all love their, their voice. I don't like my voice. I don't like my voice either. And I've been on the radio hearing myself for years. And it's still always, I just don't like to hear I, myself. I kind of like cringe when I hear, weird. I'm like, ooh, that's what I, that's what people hear when they hear me. So obviously, I love your voice, but did you always like your voice? Have you ever doubted your voice? Oh man, there's definitely songs that I hear that I recorded even 10 years ago where I go like, oh, I was singing like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, not what always. What song was that? Um, it's okay, no like, one oh, else. No, yeah, yeah, on, my, on my first album, like all over my first album. I sing so different now from 10 years ago. That was only 10 years ago. Do you listen yeah. to your first album? No. <laughs> <laughs> I never listen to my music. I hate listening to my songs. And even if we're in a room and someone starts putting my music, I'm like, turn it off, turn it off. Like, I, I can't deal with it. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. It's a weird thing that I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually reminds me because one time I was taken to Guatemala and um, a friend, you know, we went to this restaurant and they were playing your music over the speakers. And immediately, you know, because that was my first time there, and everybody's oh, well, who's this gabacho that's here, you know, hanging out with us? He doesn't know any, anything about Latin music. And I go, oh, that's Gabby Moreno. And they, like, stop. They go, like, how do you know? 
And I go, oh, well, you know, she lives in L.A. She's a good friend. And I can just see their heads exploding as soon as I saw <laughs> that. Because you're like royalty over there. And everybody loves you. And how has the connection been back with Guatemala? It's, it's weird. It's, it's very weird to me because it's where I grew up, where I was born and raised, where I went to school. I graduated high school there. And, and it's just strange to, you know, now go back and like have people stare at you. And it's, I always find it a little strange because it wasn't always that way. Right. Um, I, it started happening more after I did the duet with Ricardo Arjona. Um, but before that, I, I could still go home and it was still, you know, some, some people knew of me and my music, but it wasn't like, like it is now. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not, it's not something that makes me very, you know, comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. I, I don't like, I don't like the attention. I don't. Guatemala has just such a vibrant culture and so rich. Um, but you don't see that many artists gaining the international acclaim. So you and Damn. a couple others. So it's hard, man. It's really hard. Um, I, I got really lucky. I mean, it's it's really it's really about that. I feel because there's so many talented artists in Guatemala. I mean, I I do a festival there every year, and and I always try to well, I, I invite international artists to come and, and play like you know a small set, uh, acoustic set. But then I al always um, invite Guatemalan artists to be a part of it. And I've been doing it now for five years, and every year's been a different artist, and it's just like. Every year, I'm just amazed at, at the amount of talent, and and a lot of people just don't um, don't have the opportunity to right. to leave the country. I, I I got incredibly lucky when I was um, 18 years old. I was I was actually signed by Warner Brothers here in the U.S. and and that's that's the reason why I moved here to L.A. because I was signed. But even when they signed me, they said, "All right, we'll we'll sign you, but we." you got to figure out how to come here legally. Like, we can't sponsor you. But how did they discover you? How, like, how did they know that there's this amazing voice in Guatemala? Let's bring her over here. How does that happen? So here's the connection factor, which is very important as well. My mother has been in the um, entertainment uh, business in Guatemala. She's uh, a radio personality, and, and she was in TV as well. So your colleague. And... Um, And she knows a lot of people. So she knew this, this, this guy who's a producer, Guatemalan, but who was living in Miami, uh, had been living there for a long time. His name is Rodolfo Castillo. And she's, she knew him for, you know, for a very, very long time. So she sent him a demo of me singing. And he said, oh, I want to meet her. So we flew to Miami. I met him. And then he introduced me to this guy who became my first manager. And he said to me, I want to take you to LA and have you audition for different labels. And I was like, Okay, I had just graduated high school. I mean, I was like, what? I didn't have any songs of mine. I mean, all I knew is that I, I wanted to sing and I wanted to record. And, and so I came here to L.A. and I auditioned for Warner Brothers, but U.S. And they're like, we, you know, we want to sign you. We want you to do like, a, you know, the, cross, the, the crossover Latin thing that was happening back in the, this was in the year 2000. And was this back like Shakira times? J-Lo, J-Lo time. So they wanted me to do something like that, but more geared towards like R&B. And you don't really sound like J-Lo. A <laughs> <laughs> little different. Well, so then that was, that was always the, the, the thing. Like, um, a lot of people didn't really know. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? I had, it was just barely starting. You know, I've, but I got really lucky. That's, that's what I wanted to say. And then I, um, 
they, they signed me and back in those days like man they were giving you like crazy amounts of money and I'm like what okay so with that money I was able to pay for school and get an, uh, a student visa oh, cool. and so I came yeah. as a student and I went to a Musicians Institute for like I was there for like two years uh, by the way this, this deal with Warner Brothers just crumbled like a new president came in the, the president that was there left and then they dropped me but I was still able to keep the money and, and, I, and I stayed in school. So, nice. so that helped. Well, we're glad That's, you did. Yeah. You know. And, and that, that made it kind of like very DIY for you, right? For very, a while. Very. And, I, and I, I lived through that whole transition of being an artist that had to be signed to a label to get a record out. I mean, af- after what I mean, I can sit here for hours and tell you the whole story. But in a nutshell, after Warner Brothers, I was signed to Epic. Tommy Motola signed me to Epic Sony. That was when where Shakira was and Celine Dion and Macy Gray and all these all these uh, female artists, and they wanted me to do something like that. But again, being a Latina, um, they wanted me to do the the crossover thing. Ah, it was <laughs> it was crazy. But um, that that thing also didn't work out. I was there for a year, then they dropped me. And then I, had a, I was signed by a third label, Jive Records, which had Britney Spears and Sync Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Good family. Why did I want, you know? <laughs> I'm like, why do you guys want me there? Oh, because you're, you know, we, we want you to bring like a more Latin alternative. I was like, okay. That, that was a development deal. So I was there for a whole year writing songs, writing songs. And then at the end of the year, I go to them, I show them my songs. And they're like, yeah, we really wouldn't know how to market you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you just made me waste like a whole year of my life. Like. Wow. Yeah. So, so that that was still during that time where, you know, artists really had to go through a label, and and then when that didn't the the third label didn't work out for me, uh, a manager that I had then said to me, you know what, you're gonna have to put out a record on your own, mm-hmm. and that was I remember he said th- he said those words, and I just thought that's like the scariest thing someone has ever said to me, and and I really thought I need to quit now and just go home and you know do something else. Um, but my family was like, no, you stay there and keep going. And, um, and then MySpace came to the picture and I, (laughs) I know I've been around for a long time. (laughs) Um, and so I, I, uh, it was, it was very, very scary times, but I, for the first time in my life, I felt, I I felt really free. I was like, I can do whatever music I want to do. I don't have anybody, you know, behind me telling me like how I have to sound and how I have to dress and the look and this and that. Like, I'm just going to be authentic and be myself. And, and I did my first record at a house with friends. Um, and that's that record still the unknown that came out now 10 years ago. This is the one that you don't listen to. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't listen to anything, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was that first record. And shortly after I came out, um, a friend of mine showed it to Tracy Chapman and she invited me to open her whole tour. And that was the first time I ever went on tour. It was just, and, and then, you know, things started happening after that, so. So the first time she goes on tour, she goes on tour with Tracy Chapman. <laughs> not bad. You know, not, not bad, bad. Not bad not at bad. all, not I bad. would say. It's crazy. Um, I'm curious to know though, like how do you survive so much like trials and tribulations? Like, I mean, just in a minute there, you're like, I got signed, I got dropped. I got signed, I got dropped. I got signed, I got dropped. How do you survive that, especially at such a young age and being an immigrant? Well, the whole issue of, of being a, an, an immigrant, it was never really an issue. Um, I, was, I was always here legally. Like after, the, after getting the student visa, I got an artist visa. 
Um, so, so I was never worried about that. Also, another thing I should tell you guys is that that whole time when I was going through all those labels and all that, I was singing exclusively in English. Mm. Nothing in Spanish. Nothing. And, I, and, and, and it was basically because I loved, uh, you know, American genres, like blues music and jazz and soul and R&B. And I just didn't think it sounded authentic in Spanish, singing those kinds of genres in Spanish. Mm. And it wasn't until 2000 seven 2008 that someone said to me hey you're guatemalan like you need to start you you need to do something in spanish and i was like no i'm, I'm not gonna they're like just do one song one song in spanish and i was playing a show here in la at largo and i i you know the most of the people that were that were coming to see the show they were like white american people and i said okay I'm going to bring an old Latin American song that none of these people are going to know. And, and it's going to be a special thing. So I sang Amapola, which is a song that my grandma taught me when I was five years old. And growing up, I just thought it was kind of boring. You know, and I, I didn't really appreciate it. You know, none of that music I appreciated it anymore. But then I sang that song. And, and then something, something clicked, something changed. I remember that people came up to me and said like oh my god like what is that song you need to like keep singing more of that and and slowly i started writing in spanish and you know now i could never go back that like i'd awesome. yeah it's well you you've brought spanish to the blues which is crazy because your your voice is so unique the way we were talking about it a little while ago and incorporating all that blues genre you can hear it and it's just it's your own unique twist on it and it's awesome thank you well i had to really work on it <laughs> it wasn't yeah it didn't just come to me like that it was do you still feel comfortable more comfortable singing in english no no now i feel comfortable singing in both in spanish and english exactly the same yeah. so in 2011 yeah you team up with ricardo arjona yeah whom Every Latino in this room knows who Ricardo Arjona is. He's a huge artist. Um, and you guys sing Fuiste Tu. And uh, for me, like, that's the song that kind of like put you in the map. What does that song represent to you? Well, it's, it's like an, a before and after for me in, in, in the Latin American market. Because before that, I had put out already two records and I was, I was touring in the US and in Europe, a lot in Europe. But for some reason, I hadn't been able to break break into the the Latin market, and then that Crazy song. Crazy to me, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was really weird, but just just didn't happen. And then that song, you know, I when he invited me to sing that song, I really did not know the magnitude. I didn't even think it was going to be a single. Like I just, I thought, oh, he's just going to be an album filler, you know. Little did I know. I mean, it's like it's like his biggest hit and um of course i feel like incredibly privileged and and thankful for the opportunity it really it really opened doors for me in latin america and uh and that was a really amazing thing and you were here in la already at that time and you quickly became kind of like with the cool kids of la as far as like making music and being an artist not just music in spanish but just generally speaking It's kind of one of these, a lot of people think that it, it's tough to kind of make it in L.A., but you kind of like adapted relatively easily. 
Well, there's been a lot of ups and downs. I mean, I was just telling someone yesterday that I have played virtually every club here in LA. Like I've played the Mint, <laughs> I've played the Viper Room, I've played the Whiskey A Go Go, I've played um, the Roxy, you know, the oh my Mint. God, girl, those are all dumps. How the Derby. Possibly- Does anybody no. remember the Derby? <laughs> yeah. Tangier. I've yeah. played all of those. Hotel Cafe. All of them. No, I've done are- all of them. But you had never played at room number seven. No, first time. <laughs> first time for everything yes yeah yeah it's been it's been quite quite a journey so then 2012 you get nominated for a latin grammy the irony of it all is that in 2013 she wins the latin grammy for best new artist when she had already (laughs) been nominated in 2012 well no it was i was nominated in in 2013 and And won it in 2000. So it was just like a yeah. like a one. It was the first time. Yeah. But you're right. It was weird. I was like, best new artist. Okay. You've only been doing it for a few years. You've been so. doing it for like 10 years, but cool. <laughs> Yay. Did that change anything for you? Because I feel like oh a lot God. of people, when they win their Oscars or their Grammys or their Emmys, are like, oh my God, you're set for life. Ha, no. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. No yeah. way. Um, I mean, it's it's been a really wonderful thing to have in your resume you know and um yeah but no it doesn't god you got to keep working so hard after that if anything there's like even more pressure because then people are like okay so you know what is gonna be when is the next one coming you're like oh no and and that that thing has been really hard for me because i don't want to i never want to do music or be in this just to like think if you're going to get nominated i just want to make good art that's it and so happy so thankful that i've all you know six albums that i've put out i've had total creative control have been able to do whatever i want i mean there's that's that's priceless mm, yeah you know as well, we love that and you know and i i really enjoy that you still value other things besides music like your your fond appreciation for like everything disney like we were just talking that you were out in orlando for like a few days and you went to every park out there yeah we were actually scared we we're like she yeah, might is not she, come is to- she gonna make it <laughs> she might ditch us because she's at she's in orlando at disney and that's like her heaven <laughs> she might not make it to our podcast on saturday so thank you thank you no, for saying bye to mickey mouse and saying yes to us <laughs> Well, but you, you, yeah. you know, it's things like Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. You know that I, I actually recorded the, the Little Mermaid song and the, and the Beauty and the Beast song and the Aladdin song when I was 10 years old. Like I, I, I recorded, my mom took me to a studio <laughs> and I recorded those songs. Really? It's hilarious. Yeah, there's, it's somewhere out there. I was, yeah, still am. I'm just, I have the Peter Pan syndrome. <laughs> but you don't like the roller coasters. I don't. Well, no, not the, not the scary ones. I guess. <laughs> Splash Mountain and Space Mountain, that's, that's it. That's my limit. All right. But uh, it was super fun to go there. I, I went with my sisters and, you know, it's very no- nostalgic for me because my parents used to take us there every other year. That was like our vacation spot because Miami is very close to Guatemala. It's, mm-hmm. just, a, it's just like a one hour and a half flight. And we would fly to Miami and then just rent a car and drive up to Orlando. And anytime, like we had good grades they would take us to disney <laughs> well i'm a huge fan of disneyland as well here in la yeah. well orange county anaheim but we fast forward to um lamc in new york this past summer and uh you did a show at prospect park celebrate brooklyn which is an amazing park if you're ever in new york in the summertime they have 
just great, great, great concerts out in the park. And it's just a beautiful vibe. Everybody's there for, with a great energy. And you perform with a bunch of cool people. And I go out there to host LEMC, and I'm in the green room. And now Star Wars is owned by Disney, which is why I kind of bring this up. And I'm all like, I was just chilling, going over my notes. And this guy walks in, and I'm all like, you look so familiar. Who the <laughs> F are you? And I'm all like, holy shit, it's, it's, it's Poe from Star Wars. <laughs> you know? So I was all like, but explain how you had him as a guest with you. Well, I... <laughs> okay, for those of you who don't know, Oscar Isaac, the incredible actor. He is half Guatemalan, half Cuban. And back in 2013, I was asked to be a part of the show here at Largo that uh, my good friends, the Mill Carton kids, were putting together. And they invited him. It, this was like right after he had done um, Inside Lewin Davis. And so I had heard of him because anytime any Guatemalan is doing great outside of Guatemala, you know about it. <laughs> any Guatemalan knows about it. So, so I, of course, I, I knew of him. But I had never met him. So, so I met him there, and he was just the nicest guy. And he told me that he had heard about me, which was like, what? He's, and he even said to me, yeah, I've actually been to one of your concerts in New York. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, and so we sang together that night. We sang Cucurrucucu Paloma. <laughs> and became fast friends. And any time that, that I have the opportunity to have him come sing with me, I, I'll ask him because he's an incredible musician, incredible guitar player and singer. And, and so anyways, I was doing this show at Prospect Park. He lives in Brooklyn. He was there. So I was like, hey, man, want to come and sing a song? He was like, yeah. <laughs> and OK, so you have Oscar Isaac. You have Jackson Brown. Yeah. You have David Garza. I mean, it, does, it was just an all-star lineup up on stage with you. Floretto Loach. Oh, yeah. Can't forget that as well. Uh, it was very special, incredibly special, you know, to have all these uh, amazing artists and, uh, and good friends come and just celebrate music with me. That was really wonderful. And Jackson Brown is featured on the new record as well. Yeah, you guys actually do a song together. Yeah, um, it's the song called Across the Borderline that was written by Ry Cooter. And it's also my favorite drink tonight. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have it. It's a good one. Who's having an Across the Borderline? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was very special too. I, I've met Jackson about 10 years ago here in LA. It's just through the, through the you know, through the cool musical kids. community. Yeah, yeah. Through the cool kids in LA. <laughs> But uh, we, we always wanted to do something together. So when, uh, when we were doing this record with Van Dyke and I was recording the song, I remember that he had, he had sung it live. I don't know if he had recorded it, but I just thought it would be great to have him come and sing it with me. And he was so generous and he said yes. So, yeah, it's amazing. So you've collaborated with amazing artists and you've traveled the world. You just came back from India and your Europe tour. What has music given you? What? Everything? Are you kidding? Oh my God. Every single experience that, that, you know, that I've had has been through, th through music. I don't know. I don't know where I would be without it, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's been incredible to get to travel the world and, and tour and go to all these like places. Like I just did a show in Budapest, you know, it's crazy. Wow. And India, that was, that was wild. I was in Bangalore and I did three shows it was like a little residency and it was at this little jazz club. I'm still in shock when I see people at my concerts and places like that. Um, and, I, and I just can't help but 
feel humbled and, and so thankful for, for music, for life, you know, to get to experience all that and share my music with all those people. I know this is a really hard question, but like, what do you think? And this is, um, I know I'm tapping into like you being shy and be, being super humble, but what do you think it is about you and your music and your singing and your writing that people are attracted to all over the world? <laughs> well, in Europe, I guess the appeal is the fact that I sing in Spanish and English because I'll do shows in Germany and in Austria and... Oh my God, one time I did a show in Dresden, in Berlin, and we, we drive into the city and there's all these posters all over the city. This was like, I don't know, six years ago or something. And it said, Gabi Moreno, the queen of Guatemala. Wow. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Anything that sells. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just I'm just so happy to see people at the shows, honestly. Well, you're definitely music royalty back in Guatemala, for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. No, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we have this tradition here. <laughs> yes. Um, at room number seven. We don't um, want to mess this up. That's why. No, we don't. But really fast, we're going to ask you a question, and then you have to answer really fast without really thinking about it. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Oh, that's hard. So... Are you ready? Don't overthink think. it. That's the whole purpose. Okay. okay. Don't overthink it. What was the first album you bought? Enrique Llana. Who's that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a very any, sincere person. Any, any kids from the 80s here? Enrique Llana, kids, were uh, a very popular group. Well, okay, maybe, sorry, maybe not here, obviously not here in the States, but in Guatemala, I'm sure in Latin America and definitely in Spain. They were from Spain. There were this, uh, <laughs> it was this guy, Enrique, who was, he must have been like in his early 20s. And then Ana was like an 11-year-old girl. I know, kind of weird, but <laughs> wait, 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 stay with me. <laughs> and, they, and they recorded these beautiful kids' albums. So there was one album that was like Las Tablas de Multiplicar. Mm -hmm. yeah, I learned oh. how to multiply through these records, you know, what I mean? like, and it was like amazing, amazing songs. These cochino, la yenga. Do you remember one of the tablas? Any tablas? Seis, 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 seis por una seis, 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 seis. Keep going. I, I want to learn. I want to get to six times six. Oh my God. No, I'm kidding. Seis por seis, treinta y seis, treinta y seis, como lo veis. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome you guys all right all right I feel, I feel like performance it's pretty, is done thank it's pretty, you uh, no, it's pretty no. obscure but hey check it out okay so pre-show ritual algo que crees que te trae suerte something that brings you luck before every show that you do a ritual that i do is i hand write the set lists for every single one of my band members including me oh wow <laughs> like half an hour before the show I don't know. Uh -huh. It's like it, it, it. Like it's like a meditation, or almost, you know. And I'm just, I just handwrite it for every show. It never because I, I don't know. Sometimes I want to play different songs. I don't always want to play this, play the same set list. So I'll, I'll just handwrite it. Oh, so it does. One. It could like change that. on the fly then. Like oh yeah. Oh no. Wow. It always every show it changes. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Just depending on on the mood that you're in. Yeah. Depending on the the venue, depending on the energy. Like I'll be like, oh, let's do more of a slower ballad songs or. This show is going to be more more Latin people, so let's play more Spanish songs, things like that. Yeah. 
Okay, who was your first music crush? And it could be a girl or a guy, and it could be because you liked them physically or you liked how they sang or how they... Alive, alive or, or dead. dead. Alive or dead? Or dead or alive. Gosh, right now, like, I'm just thinking of actors, but not musicians. I mean, you uh, can throw in an actor. Could be an actor? Sure. Okay, okay. Oh, my gosh. Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Doogie. Doogie Hauser. <laughs> you had no chance, mama. No chance. No chance. Oh, it was, he was such a huge crush. And the guy can sing as well. Yes, he can. Yeah, he can yeah. sing. He's an all-around performer. The <laughs> guy, so. He's not just an actor. I know, right? All right. Oh, uh, but, but uh, oh, sorry. Now I thought of, of uh, uh-huh. music. Yeah, Backstreet Boys. Okay. I did love the Backstreet Boys. Who was your favorite? Um, um, Brian. Kevin was mine. Kevin, uh, he was a bit too old for me right back then. <laughs> I guess I like older he men. Looked, he, looked, he looked older. Yeah, I don't know. I guess all of them were a bit older for me. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I can't remember their names right now. Or else I would tell you my favorite, but... Oh, you're lying. I did like the songs. He has them tattooed in his back. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Ozomatli's names, oh, not, not Backstreet Boys. That's amazing. That's another Prospect Park story. We don't need to go into that. <laughs> if you could time travel... To any era, musically, what would it be? Ooh, I think probably the 1920s, the Roaring Twenties. Hmm. I just, I just, I, I, the blues, the blues that right. was being made in, in that decade, and uh, God, everything, the silent movies, and I, I just, I just love everything about the 20s, the fashion, the music. The that reminds dance. me a little bit about the cover of. Uh, uh, What's oh, illustrated the, songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cover of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. If you got it, take a look at it when you get the chance. You'll see what we're talking about. It's like a Vitrola with like... Yeah, yeah. old instruments mm-hmm. on yeah. there. Yes. Okay. So you've been to a lot of festivals and you've played in a lot of concerts with other huge names. Any cool backstage anecdote that you can share with us? Yes. Okay, I good, just, good. Just, Right now, it just came to me. And you can throw people under the bus. We love that. <laughs> no, no, this is, no, I, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. It was, it was just the coolest thing ever. Um, I was part of this show in Dublin, Ireland, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Amnesty International. And there was a lot of Irish artists there. Can I see where I'm going? Not so really. I am backstage and like Bono is there. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that, that Irish, Irish musician. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was really cool. Angela Kid, Kidju and uh, she's not Irish, <laughs> but she was part of the show. And uh, Damien Rice and Bob Geldof. And anyways, but I was backstage and somehow I I I got I got to meet him and I said hello and he he grabbed my hand and he kissed my hand and I was like I am never washing this hand. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's really cool. lost, Bono is this singer from a little band called U2. You should check them out. Yeah, they, they're all right. They're, they're all right. on Spotify, I think. They're no Gabby Moreno, though. But they're <laughs> We'll get there at some point. He's got to work on it. If there's anyone you can have a drink of Jack Daniels with, dead or alive, dead or alive. Okay, who I, would that be? I don't, I don't drink, but I'll have a tea and they'll have a drink. Yes. Um, <laughs> dead or alive. God probably be my grandfather he was he was an actor he was a musician and he he died when i was two years old my mother tells me that the day before he died i sang to him like i was singing to him the whole afternoon and he was so happy and and the 
the following day he passed. It's, and I always, I, I don't know, he just seems, he seems like a larger than life kind of person. And I really would love to just sit down and talk to him. He was, he was an actor in, a, in the first movie ever made in Guatemala about El Sombrerón, which is why I wrote that song. Because after I saw him in this, in this movie, I, and, and of course, knowing about the, the story of El Sombrerón, which is, it's a, a Guatemalan folk legend tale. That's that's why I wrote the song, and he just seemed incredibly interesting to me, and, and yeah, it'd be amazing to meet him. What was his name? Armando Moreno. Pues salud por Armando. Hey. Salud, 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 salud. El pelón. That's what they called him. Yeah. We got one last he question. He went bald at like 25. And this one we need a we need a volunteer. Those oh. of you that know already know, so we need somebody a new volunteer. Somebody that hasn't been here before. We just need a phone. Yeah, somebody Don't with worry, a phone. Like it, yeah. Does somebody have a phone with here? With a timer. And set the timer. Yes, there you go. You have it. Set it for seven seconds. Thank you. Seven Pero seconds. What's happening? Don't press go yet. Yes. Oh, no, another lightning round? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm nervous. So what is your biggest hit? I don't have a hit. Yeah, you yes, do. you do. No, I don't. Okay, which one's your favorite song to perform? Oh, um, Blues de Mar. Okay, you're going to have seven seconds to sing as much of the verse or the chorus as possible <gasps> in Whoa. seven seconds. Okay, okay. Three, Ready? two, one, go. Blues de mar, sal de miel, poca ropa, viento en popa, y yo sin ti, sin tu luz, sin la soga de tus brazos. Hey. Hey. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That was pretty good, seven seconds. Seven seconds. Got a lot I, of I it get, in. I got... Just before the pre-course. No. <laughs> Our very last question was not created by Raul or I. It was actually formulated by our last guest who we had here last month. And that was La Santa Cecilia. Oh, so we have a new tradition where you'll get a chance to leave a question for our next guest. Cool. So the question that La Santa Cecilia left, okay. they didn't know it was going to be you. Okay, okay. And they were very creative. Oh, nice. Yeah, the question is... What is your favorite La Santa Cecilia song? <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Uh, La Negra. Oh, good. That's a good one. I That's mean, they my have favorite. amazing songs, but, yeah. but that, I remember that was like the first song that I heard, Say. you know, of La Santa Cecilia's. And I, yeah, it's a great song. And La Marisol just kills it. Yep. She's such it's an amazing. incredible singer. Yeah. So what question would you like to leave for our next guest? Yes, that's the Ooh. big question. If you were alone in space... What would be the one record that you could like take with you to outer space? Perfect. Oh, yeah, because that gives it a different twist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This is cool. Gabby Moreno, everybody. Make some noise. Applause. Yeah, Gabby. <laughs> Yay. So now we're opening up the floor um, for a Q&A. Does anybody have a question for Gabby? I'm probably the last person to find this out, but you composed the song, the theme song to Parks and Rec. Um, how did that happen? Uh, another very lucky strike because I had never done any composing for TV before that and I haven't done anything after that. So it was like that one thing. Um, how did it happen? I got an email uh, from a manager back then saying, hey, they're looking for a theme song. 30 seconds, instrumental. Here's what, you know, they sent me like sort of like the little trailer um, of, the, of the intro. And they, they, they explained like it was like a very, that it should be very bubbly and up, uplifting and blah, blah, blah. And the minute 
I read 30 seconds instrumental. I was like, ah, what, what the hell? I'll just give it a <laughs> grab my guitar, sat down. I was like, of course I'm not going to get this. Like, you know, duh, but I'll just, whatever. I don't care. I'll just, bleh. and I remember like, I just, the first thing that came to me was like, I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right, here's. But then I thought, no, they're not gonna like it if it's like just acoustic guitar and and me singing. So I called a friend of mine, Vincent Jones, and I uh, went over to his studio, and he's an incredible uh, composer as well, and he has a keyboard, and and I was like. Here's the song. Here's the melody. Can you like help me like put all the instruments in and all the, the orchestral elements? And so we did the demo there with him. He helped me finish it, and we sent it off. And so I swear to God, I was like, there is no way in hell they're going to pick. No, seriously, because they 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 had told us that 200 other composers had sent in theme songs. So I was like, forget about it. I for I completely forgot about it. One day I was at Amoeba. <laughs> I was just. I was just there. I just remember it so well that moment, and I get a phone call, telling me that they had chosen my theme song, and I was like, just, I went crazy. I started screaming. I was like, what is this? Is this real life? Yeah, it was really crazy, really, really, really. That I is couldn't awesome. believe it. Wow. So, yeah. uh, another question: uh, If you had to go up into a spaceship and you could only take one record, <laughs> what record would it be? <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> I would bring David Bowie's um, Aladdin Sane, just because I adore that record, and and s s it just it just seems like a good idea to be listening to Bowie up up in space. <laughs> By the way, Gabby did tour with a David Bowie tribute with the band, the the, uh, the actual musicians that played and recorded with him. So that was a huge honor. Yeah, it was amazing. So I have two questions. One, I went to Guatemala for the first time two years ago. Okay, I got a chance to go to Antigua, Guatemala, mm -hmm. fell in love. Um, but if I were to go back again, which I plan to, where would you recommend a place that I, I should visit? Um, Lake Atitlan. You okay. have to. I mean, that is that is my happy place. Every time I go to Guatemala, well, not every time because it's it's kind of far away from the city. It's like a three hour drive. Definitely go to Lake Atitlan. Okay. And if you can go to a hotel called La Casa del Mundo. Really, it's considered like one of the most beautiful lakes in the world. It's nice. surrounded by three volcanoes, and yeah, you guys have a lot of volcanoes. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> but that place is truly magical, and and this hotel that I'm telling you, it's it's almost like a little bed and breakfast, and it's it's built like in in the mountain, and you can only get there by boat, and it's, they have the a hot tub again? outside, and you can like overlook the lake and the volcanoes, and if there's a full moon, oh my god. Second question is, what's your favorite Tracy Chapman song? Ooh. I love Give Me One Reason. And, and for, I, know, I know, I know it was her big hit, and, but it's such a great song. And I, it was very special to me because I actually was playing it a lot when I was a teenager. Like, that was one of the songs that really got me like, into playing guitar and singing. And, and uh, it was kind of like a full circle moment when I got to tour with her. And yeah. What's your favorite club to play in LA? Favorite club to play in LA? Yeah, like of the smaller venues. Um, I'm gonna have to say Largo. It's just so so incredible. It's a very special place to me. Um, I've made a lot of friends uh, through that club. That have you know artists that have played at that club, and it's a really beautiful community of musicians. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I just remember the first time that I went there when it was at on Fairfax. Because now it's on La Cienega and it's a little theater. But before it used to be a little club and I would see Fiona Apple and John Bryan there. And it, I, it just, I just felt like I got transported like to another dimension, to another era. It was, and it still, it still feels that way when I go see shows there and, and when I play there. So it's got to be Largo. Hi. Um, so what's next for Gaby Moreno? <laughs> can I say? I don't know if I can say, but... Gil, can I? It stays, it stays here. There's a manager right there. Tú dile que puede decir que no puede decir. Tú dile, Gil. All right, I'll tell you two things that I'm doing. I've been producing. Uh, I produced three songs for Ricardo Arjona for his upcoming album. So, I think, I don't know if I was say, uh, supposed to mention that, but um, but yeah. It's, I won't tell you the names of the songs, but you'll know that that was really incredible that he just called me. He's like, hey, can you produce one of my songs? And I was like, what? I've been getting more into that. I feel like there needs to be more women producers and engineers and all that. So, um, and honestly, I really feel like there's so many amazing artists out there that could easily produce. And I don't understand why they... And, I, and, and myself included, why we automatically go and think of a guy when it, when it comes time to find a producer. I'm just putting that out there. If you're, if you're an artist and if you want a producer, think of a woman. Think of, really, because they really are incredible artists out there that could do a great job. So give us, give us a chance. Give us an opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the other thing that I'm doing that is actually going it's to, a, it's a huge deal for me, uh, and it's going to take up pretty much my whole time for the next two years is a musical. Oh, wow. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Spanish, <laughs> English? Uh, English, English, but um, yeah, a big one. So yeah, that's all I can say. It's huge. If you could give 18-year-old starting out Gaby Moreno some advice, what would you tell her? I would tell her to... Whew, to hang on tight, because it's going to be a crazy ride. Um, to never give up, ever. Even when you turn 40, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and to just enjoy the ride, really. That's, that's, I've learned that through all these years, that it's, just, it's really just about that, about enjoying every moment, every experience that you've had, uh, no matter what you're doing. So... I've been very lucky in, in the sense that I've always, even when I, you know, didn't consider myself like successful, whatever, and I was doing other things, I was a wedding singer for three years, but I was singing, you know what I mean? Like I was like, whatever it is, just make sure that you're always doing what you love and uh, hang on tight. Can I piggyback yeah, on that? Of course. Do you consider yourself to be successful now? I, I do because I really feel, and this might sound cliche, but I, I really believe it. Like you're successful when you're doing what you love. So, so yes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really living the American dream. I and mean, the fact that I mean, like little Guatemalan girl, you know, came here to the United States and, and the fact that I can tour and I can do shows in Europe and in the U.S. and Australia. I don't care if it's for a hundred people. Or, or in festivals where there's more people. But that to me is like, it's incredibly successful. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm so blessed um, 
and thankful for, for the music. Yes, applausos por favor. Okay, so first off, One Reason's my go-to karaoke song. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree with you on that. Um, kind of similar to the other questions that was answered, but if you could host a dinner party with five actors or musicians based on energy or talent, who would they be? Five actors and yeah. or musicians. They're alive. All right, all right, here we go. <laughs> um, David Bowie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a huge Bowie fan. Um, John Lennon. Uh, Nina Simone. Oh, God, this is getting hard. Ella Fitzgerald. Ah, I need an actor. Um, what? What did you say? Somebody said Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Huh, Walt Disney. Oh, there, there you go. go. Yes. Oh, good old Walt. Jeez. That's a good of one. Of course. He's not an actor, but you know, yeah, Walt Disney. All right, I think we got time for one more, but we're going to kind of flip it. Yep. We're going to turn the tables on her manager, because I know you had mentioned Whoa. that. <laughs> all right, Gil has... Well, By the way, Gil, we, we've been like, planning this all evening. Oh. So oh. We will attack Gil. You say <laughs> names like Carla Morrison, the Marias, La Santa Cecilia, when they first kind of came out. And of course, Gabby Moreno and so many other Debbie great Garza. people. Yes. You got to ask a question of her. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you got to ask me a question? Oh, boy. You can cry. It's okay. Uh, You're in a safe <laughs> space. You know what? I do have a question. Because okay. it's, it's something that I talk to my staff. Whenever we talk about Gabby, uh, this comes up. It's uh, Gabby's drive. I've, I've never seen anybody in all you know, the years I've been in this business and, and just in general, somebody that works so hard and, and has that drive. Gabby, what? You travel like crazy. You keep yourself busy. What is the, I mean, is it just the art? Is it just the music that keeps you wanting to be so busy? Because I've never worked with anybody that just continues to try to, like, just be the best that you can be like you. I mean, I, I don't know if that's, like, exactly what I want to ask as far as... It, it's hard, man. I, I talk to Gabby every day and... <laughs> And just, I love her so much. She's she's just an amazing person. But she, her drive just blows me away. And I just like sometimes I just you know I tell you it's like you got to slow down. I mean, what what keeps you going? Dude, I'm gonna turn forty soon. <laughs> I'm kidding. I can't. No, um, <laughs> running out of time. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, it's the music, and you know I hate flying. You know that. Hate it. I could easily be a flight attendant. Like, that's how much I fly. I'm almost never home. Here, LA is home for me, by the way. I haven't been able to have a dog in almost five years, and I'm obsessed with dogs. And, I, and the last dog I had, she was my baby, and she, she passed away four or five years ago. So I haven't, yeah, it's, I, I've, it's a, it, it comes with a, with a lot of sacrifices, is what I'm saying. But that's, I guess that's just how much I... I love this, you know. If I didn't, I would have quit a long time ago. Man, I've had some really low lows. I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy, uh, but just, just you know, moments where you go like, "Is this really for me? Like, should I, should I keep going?" Or should I? But there's always people behind me, people like you, Gil, that are, you know, that also keeps me going. You know what I mean? Like, no, seriously, I'm. I'm 
I don't know where I would be like with people like Gil, you know, with his team, with, with you know, those people that are there encouraging you and telling you like, no, like you got to keep going. Like, and yes, you know, you, you also like tell me to slow down and a lot of times I don't listen, but, um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's, it really is the, the, the music, you know, it's a, it's a big passion of mine. It's what I breathe in and out every day. So I don't see myself doing anything else. I really don't. I would be a failure at anything else. That's, I guess, the short answer. All right. Well, Gabi Moreno, thank you for being part of Pilita en la Musica. Thank you, Jack Daniels, for opening up the doors of this amazing and magical space. Thank you guys for being part of this. We really appreciate your energy. And Gabi, thank you for being so passionate about what you do and sharing it with the world. I think a lot of people are born with gifts, but some people just keep them to, to themselves and you've been able to share it with the world. And oh, thank you. we appreciate that. Thanks, so, so once again, give it up for Gabby Moreno, everybody right here at Pili, Raul, and La Musica and Vivo. There's the room number seven. Gracias for checking out our podcast. Hey, and special thanks to Ulises El Licenciado Lozano for our amazing theme song. Our mix and recording engineer, Mario Diaz. Our artistic director, Dak. And can't forget about our sponsors, Pili. No, Raul, United Airlines, Sure Microphones, and Jack Daniels, gracias for supporting La Musica Latina. And for more information and other episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast at Pili, Raul, and La Musica. Hey, make sure to tell your tía, abuelo, primas, everybody to subscribe. A todos. <laughs>